Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Welcome, everybody, back to the Clear Out Podcast with your host, Matt Brooks. I am joined today by the Athletics' Alex Schiffer. Alex, how you doing today? How's San Diego? I'm real jealous, man. I'm good. It's uh, it's like the weather's like perfect, not to brag, but like it's like warm enough out, but like not too cool to where you need a sweatshirt. Like it's like it's perfect. I'm not I'm not trying to brag, but that's like literally the description. No, you can flex. Like this is a flex right now. You, you got to flex it a little bit. Yeah, San Diego is great. I mean... I, I don't know how many people are listening to this that know this, but I lived in San Diego for a year, and, like, the most people complain about the weather is in June. It's, like, maybe 40% humid for a month, and people complain, like, it's blizzards. Like, people just complain and complain and complain. But for the most part, it's it's 70 degrees, perfect outside. Everybody's happy, surfing, swimming. It's it's really great stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I wish... Nets to training camp here every year. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I know you have, well, first off, you you did a great piece this week on Kyle Korver, and you have another one coming out, uh, Q&A with Joe Sy. So, you know, this this article will probably be out by the time we get done recording this, but I, I just wanted to get, like, a little background on that because I actually, have, I, I literally can't read it yet. So I wanted to hear a little bit about it, which you guys talked about, not to spoil it too much, but just a little brief synopsis of, of what it was about. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we uh, we kind of went through uh, a number of things. I mean, I got him for about half an hour. You know, I asked him about coming into the season, um, how he's feeling, and and you know, he's obviously very impressed with the roster and and likes uh, likes the idea of having fans back in the arenas to start the season. I bet. You know, I, I, I kind of <laughs> segued that into you know, how do you measure the success of last season, given this was the most anticipated net season in in history to date. Um, I don't know if this season rivals it, or, or I, I shouldn't say that. if this season tops it, just based on the, the added roster. But also, it's already been a year of Kevin Durant. So, um, you know, I asked him. You know, I mean, you couldn't sell out the arena the way you wanted to because of the pandemic. You know, um, but also given everything that happened, you guys were still very close to the conference finals. And uh, you know, he he was very you know very good about look. You know, business wise, it was out of our hands. I mean, COVID is COVID. We couldn't. We couldn't make people come in the arenas. There were there were bigger things going on, and um, he uh, you know he he likes where the team is at. He was very happy they retained Blake Griffin and and, uh, and Bruce Brown. Um, you know the goal is to win a championship, obviously. And uh, you know I asked him about the extensions for Kyrie James mm. and uh, and Kyrie James and Kevin. Um, you know he talked about. I, I asked him if he was surprised at all about Kevin, just because you know and and you know this. I mean. Not the fact that Kevin Durant wanted to stay to me was a surprise, but like a five-year commitment. You don't really see yep. that from the stars of the NBA these days. And uh, he said, you know, he wasn't really surprised about when Rich Kleiman called him to say they want to sit down and talk about it. He said he wasn't really surprised just because, you know, he could tell that Kevin Durant wanted to stay and, and you know, they, want, they wanted Kevin to stay and build around him. And, and there was a lot of mutual feelings there. So 
he uh he liked the way that all went down obviously but but didn't isn't really surprised at how any of it happened so quickly and you know i talked to him about the Kyrie and james extensions he essentially said you know the priority right now is a championship if those guys were to agree to extensions right now great but like um you know he, he doesn't seem to be concerned about the timing as much as as much as some of the other people are and you know as as i was trying to say to someone this morning on a live chat like it's that you know what Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden are doing with their contract situations is not surprising at all. Like guys do it all the time, where they they could make more money by getting to the end of the contract. So maybe they want to do that instead of um, lock in right now. Like it's easy for a fan to be kind of uh, upset about that and want the the clarity right now. But when you're the player and you're looking at even more money, that's just generational wealth. Like the the deal makes sense for them on that on that aspect. And um, and yeah, you know, we kind of get into some other things about, you know, owning the organization for two years and what he's learned about sports ownership with the NBA. Um, you know, Steve Nash is invested in, uh, in a lacrosse team with him. And I just talked to him about, you know, when, you know, in a sense, coaches are hired to be fired, right? It's every rare that a tenure ends on a coach's terms. You know, was there any awkwardness with you of, you know, I'm, I'm investing with this guy, but there's a chance down the line that, uh, you know, we're parting ways uh, with the Nets. And he said, you know, I, I completely forgot about this, but like Joe Sy is a, is a, has Canadian citizenship as obviously Steve Nash is Canadian, you know, so they have some, some uh, similar passports there. Mm. And, uh, and uh, he, uh, he was talking about how, you know, the dynamics of that and also how that doesn't concern him. So, you know, very easygoing conversation. He was easy to talk to, you know, not once did I think about how the guy's worth $10 billion. Um, yeah. He, uh, it was very cool. So hopefully we can get that out, that up uh, soon, and uh, and people enjoy it. Well, that sounds great. I mean, that was that was perfect. You, you hit on everything. Um, yeah, it was the 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 extensions thing is obviously the thing that I think people are gonna gravitate to because that's just like that's what everybody's talking about, and for good reason. Like it's a it's a big deal. Um, so you get the feeling more it's like a they're not really worried about the waiting right now. If if you could read anything, like it's not a big dramatic change in what they were expecting. Yeah. I took it as a when, not if situation. I, uh, I don't think the concern right now is that those guys go elsewhere, but more of them, um, them taking their time and, and having other priorities right now, instead of that, mm-hmm. they have a year left on the contract. They're employed for the time being. And, uh, like, I, if I had to bet money today that the, Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden are Nets next year, like, I'd have no problem betting a lot of money. I just think that, you know, the extension part about it could come at any time. Mm. So it's, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been fascinated by it because it really did. You don't usually see Sean go like that out there on a limb and say, there's going to be signs. Call a shot, over. right? Yeah, like he really, I, that happened. And I, I like thought I was, <laughs> thought I was on the wrong Zoom call for a minute. I was like, am I? Am I supposed to be here? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if this is Sean Marks right now. Was, I just had never seen him do that. So um, it was just, I, you know, I, I just was curious about like, if you could get a feel, cause it is, I mean, that was a, it was a big claim to make. And it's just, I just was curious to see if, because they made that claim, if this thing is not, you know, necessarily progressing to like an extension this week, how are they reacting to that? But it sounds like they're not that worried at all. Yeah. I, I don't think they're worried. And, you know, I mean, obviously, news happens faster than it breaks. So, you know, for all we know, I mean, they could have silent commitments for all this and they just want to wait to sign it or they'd prefer to go into the summer. I I don't think, you know, as you said, like, I don't think, um, I don't think Sean Marks 
would have said something like that if he didn't feel very confident it gets done. Um, at the same time, like, I also think that you look at, um, you, again, you look at the situation they're all in right now. I, I just think that they have bigger priorities on their plate. And, um, again, like, talks are still ongoing. You know, both Kyrie and, and James Harden have said that, you know, that they want to be there long term. But, um, you know, I, I think the interesting question that we don't know the answer to is what changed between today or this week and when Sean Mark said that, you know, was it a hesitation thing? Was it just like, you know, I'm, I'm good not talking about it for a while? You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think that that's kind of the interesting thing that we don't know uh, the, the answer to. But I don't think it changes the uh, I don't think it changes the prognosis, just the timeline. Yeah, you kind of wonder, like, if, if it was just Harden had time to, like, think about this or, or, or whatever, or if it's he is just truly locked in on the championship. Or if you, like, I kind of bought, like, what, you know, what he said to Malika about um, him wanting to test free agency, that he's never done that. I, it, it, it's a weird thing. I think that Harden, just the, the feeling I get from him is that he's at this stage in his career where he really wants to do what he wants to do. So that's why he came to Brooklyn, um, and, and that's why he's kind of testing free agency. He wants to experience this because, really, you don't know how many years you have left in the NBA. I'm assuming he'll have a nice, long career, but it's that's the feeling I really got. I thought that was genuine. Yeah, that, no, that was definitely an interesting thing that he said. Um, as, as you said, that w- that that's not something we would have expected to hear just a week ago based on uh, – just based on – or a few, a, few, uh, a few weeks ago, I should say, just based on what Sean's comments were, but – yeah, I don't really. Um, again, it, it's all that. It, it's interesting the way it's kind of all evolved. But like, I, I think, I think right now with the season so close to, like, it's not the biggest worry fans should have. Like with, with the season up, like let's see what they do this year. If the if they do go the whole regular season without signing an extension, then you can worry about you know retention. You know when when July hits. Right. Well, look. First up, don't, don't get yourself canceled on my pod. <laughs> um, I got to ask about Kyrie, the vaccination status. Is that something that you talked about with him? Is that something that you guys, it sounds like, I know Brian uh, Lewis sent out a couple of uh, tweets about that, you know, the sort of, I guess, Kyrie's vaccination status. But that, that was something you guys talked about or stayed away from that one? You know, he essentially said the same thing to me that he said to Brian, uh, okay. implying that, you know, like, you know, obviously Joe Sy is very pro-vaccine, right? Like he told me something interesting. Um, Joe Sy has been vaccinated twice. Um mm. He got a um, – well, I have it right here. I, I, I struggle to pronounce it. Um, Sinovac. Um, it's a Chinese uh, drug manufacturer. He got, so he got vaccinated in Hong Kong. And then when he came back to the States this summer, the FDA hadn't recognized that vaccine, so he got Pfizer. So he's double vaxxed. He's about as vaxxed as you wow. can get. Um, that's so what he, I want to do. I want to just yeah. get as many vax as I can. I'm, yeah, I'll take him yeah. like real shots, man. I don't. That's I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. So he and he plans to get a booster too. So um, yeah. he uh, you know, he said that. I mean, he's he's he, this is a social responsibility to get vaccinated and um, and that the uh, that the goal for the Nets is to win a title and and he doesn't want people to lose sight of that. And obviously, um, you know, the implication is is Kyrie hurting the title chances, right? So I, I think I think he made it very clear to both Brian and I today kind of where he stands on the vaccine issue. A lot of the Nets haven't talked about it. You know, uh, Kevin Durant said his piece on Monday, as did everybody else. Steve Nash has not talked about it with Kyrie. We're supposed to get Kyrie uh, Friday or Saturday. We'll see how that goes. Um, 
but um, but it, it's kind of the ominous cloud in the sky right now. You know, I was telling someone else, you know, um, just now actually before I hopped on with you, it seems like around this time of year, there's just always something that happens with Kyrie Irving. Um, there was a Jackie McMullen story that ran. Yep. I forget. Um, I forget. It was early in the season, but I forget if it was opening night or uh, against Minnesota or the Knicks game, or you know, it was one of those first home games. I remember that being the uh, him get him talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously last year was the pawns, and this year with the vaccine. So it just seems like it's that time of the year, you know. But um, yeah. but um, you know, again though, like you know, he went on to have good seasons despite all that. It, it's never really gotten in the way of his play. I mean, he had a fifty-four to ninety season last year. I needed fine interactions with the media. And then, I mean, outside of, you know, the knee and the shoulder, like, you know, the numbers he was putting up were brilliant. So, um, you know, we'll see where this all goes. Like, you know, the other interesting thing is, that, I mean, the Nets schedule early on is, is rather road heavy. They have the homestand in October, but they have their first two on the road. They have that long road trip in November. In November. Yep. They have the Christmas one. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting situation, obviously, but like, you know, where it goes, I have no idea. And, you know, I mean, there's also the Knicks games of it. Um, I emailed the NBA today. They're not entirely certain if Kyrie could play at the Garden. It appears that he could not um, because of the New York ordinance, even though visiting unvaccinated players could play. I forget the, the kicker with that. But, um, but yeah, it, it, th- there's, no, there's no solution or answer that we know that's coming in sight right now. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the other. I was gonna ask you like, what was the vibe on this? But that's 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 kind of different than the uh, the extensions thing, where it's like you sort of feel like there's an end in sight. Yeah, I, I agree. Wow. That, yeah. Wow. I I I just sort of figured it was you know I mean I again it's media day so everything is kind of like put in an overly positive way, but it it was sort of like it was phrased in a way pretty much everybody was just making it seem like this is going to get wrapped up and it, we're not really worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it hasn't been discussed a lot because no one's really expanding on it in that again, Steve Nash, he hasn't talked to Kyrie about it. Um, you know, guys on the team have already kind of said their piece on it. So like, it's just, it's just kind of the elephant in the room at this point and no one really knows when, when it's going away. Right. So, wow. you know, we'll see, we'll see if he says anything to clear it up in the next two days but um but yeah that's kind of where where uh where it seems to be well the 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 steve's quote about not you know talking to him about it yet reminds me a lot of the absence last year where whenever steve was asked about it he said oh i, I just haven't talked to Kyrie about this or i haven't talked about that and then Kyrie, you know returned from the absence so i wonder if that's just how they handle these things they're like we're just gonna let Kyrie deal with this kind of on his own time yeah, I, I definitely think that's possible. Um, it's funny, I completely forgot. The absences feel like a lifetime ago with the way this uh, calendar's gone. But, yeah, yeah I, definitely, um, I definitely think there's an argument to that. You know, that's probably an easier thing to say, though, during, um, during the regular season when he's, away with his, you know, when he's away with his family back in, in New Jersey, New York. When they're in San Diego and the team is around each other constantly and they're all going back to the same place and no one's, you know, family and everything like that's really out here, mm. I think it's a bit of a different thing. So I, I agree with, with, uh, with your, with your uh, thought process there, but um, I definitely think, you know, it's not, like, um, it's not like Kyrie and Steve haven't seen each other or anything. You, you know can't I mean? really so, avoid it, is what you yeah, mean, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the, yeah, like they're right on. Everyone's right on top of each other. You know what I mean? So like, it's it's just kind of there, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's just kind of there. I guess is the only way to put it. But you do you feel like they are talking about it, or they're just kind of like? I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um, oh, by the way, are you guys able? You guys aren't able or are able to watch them play? We haven't seen much. Um, we've seen, you know, when we can come in towards the end of practice, you know, especially when guys are getting extra work and everything like that. So, like, there's been snippets of stuff I've seen, but not like yeah. a full five on five going up and down and everything like that. Mm. Well, this is a good transition. Like, who have you felt like has the, the just, I mean, especially talking to uh, Steve Nash, um, just, you know, who do you think has looked good? Like, is there anybody that it seems like gets brought up over and over? Um, you know, Cam Thomas has gotten a lot of praise from, from Joe Harris and some guys just for his, uh, his scoring. And, you know, Joe has said how sometimes young guys just don't really understand, like, the, the way the game is played next level and everything. And, and he said Cam Thomas knows how to draw fouls on NBA guys. He knows how to catch someone off balance. Like, clearly – um, everything that was talked about with his scoring has, has translated yeah. from summer league, despite the talent level going up. Um, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is someone I've asked a lot of people about just because, you know, we obviously suddenly retires and then, um, you know, he, he starts to make this comeback. We didn't really know, like, was he able to be in the gym? What was he able to do? And, you know, mm-hmm. Steve Nash said to me, uh, I think Tuesday or, or Wednesday, you know, I didn't really know what to expect with him, but he's looked good so far, just, you know, physically, which, which is good to hear. Um, Javon Carter, you know, uh, Steve was saying, you know, he thinks that he, you know, he's more skilled than they might have thought. He called DeAndre Bembry disruptive defensively. Um, so, you know, it's been a little bit of everybody. Um, you know, he said some nice things about Dayron Sharp to me today. Mm. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I mean, you know, it's training camp. It's really, you know, there's no one really to knock or anything like that. But uh, yeah. but he, uh, you know, those are the guys that just off the top of my head, I, I, he's maybe gone out of his way to say something something that's just kind of caught my ear yeah it, uh, i the carter one's really interesting i know like I, of all people picking javon carter of that group is kind of a weird one but the way he described carter just being skilled doing like being able to kind of create for himself was like the polar opposite of how he described bruce after training camp because you remember like he kind of was like yeah the playmaking's got a ways to go and the like it was not it was the one guy he wasn't overly positive about which is which is probably why it took them so long to figure out kind of how to use Bruce. And that's why you didn't really see him for the first, it felt like month um, until he just pops up one day as like a six foot three center. But I thought that was really interesting to hear that. Like that was, I just, I just, for whatever reason, I kind of, I associate those two players quite a bit just because I think they'll fill different roles, but it seems like they are going to sort of, I guess pushed Carter a little bit more towards that like third string point guard position. Yeah, I agree. I think he's exactly the kind of guy they could have used in the playoffs last year when they ran out of ball handlers. Like no, nothing yeah. against Mike James, but like he would have been an upgrade defensively. He's got more size and like he can shoot the three and get he to the basket a little bit. He has an off yes, switch. Too. He has an off switch. Yes, that's <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Um, so I. Uh, He's another one I'm curious to see what they go with because like him and Bruce to me are similar in terms of build and and obviously they you know they're both like six three six four guards that can can defend a bit but as you said you know Bruce's go to is um you know the short roll get to the floater and and maybe use uh, that as a lob threat or play make out of the roll 
whereas Javon is more, you know, better on the perimeter than Bruce and, um, and also, you know, just more of a playmaker, right? When I covered Missouri, I covered uh, – they were in a tournament with West Virginia. Like, I was really impressed with him running the offense. Mm. Yeah, I want to see those guys play together because I, I think just hearing – I mean, you know, you're, you're going to obviously play them with one of uh, – I think, like, James Harden would be a really good um, fit for those two. But I just – I want to see that because, A, defensively it would be great. But, B, I do think they could work pretty well um, just because Bruce can roll and then kick out to, to – um, to Carter I just that's that's there's so many little lineup combinations that I think they can play with over the course of the season and so many things I want to see and that's that's way up there for me I think that would be pretty fun yeah I think a uh, a KD um Bruce Javon and like um KD Bruce Javon and like then DeAndre Bembry is like a wing defender then you you use that last spot like yeah. maybe on Harden like you have enough scoring and enough enough ways to get points with those guys out there but also like everybody's like covered defensively for the most part. Like yeah. maybe James is the, you know, the, the biggest liability out there, but even so like still, I mean, the, the help would be really good with those guys out there and, and everybody's relatively covered. So like, I think as you said, there's a number of like, like that's almost like a blanket lineup, right? Like yeah. use that line to try and get, get um, a scoring good. Out. So I agree. Like the lineup, the lineup part of NBA stats.com is going to be very interesting to me this, this year. Cause the, the possibilities are endless, and, and what's effective and what's not is going to be very interesting, too. That's what I did today. I literally sat on Google. This is the, the sick, very cool Thursday I had. Uh, sat on Google Docs and put together five-man lineups, just Google Sheets. That's what I did for two hours. Damn. You break that out on dates? Dude, oh, yeah. I'm, it's, a, it's a real uh, – it's a winner. I, I got to ask you, what is it like the vibe of the team? What's the – it, is is it a, a group that you get a lot of like veteran experience from? Um, is it something that it, it's is it, it what's the like the, I guess the vibe of it? Yeah, I I mean you know the times we've been in the gym like there's no um, how do I put this? The, it's not like the same friend groups every day like when you walk in the cafeteria at the lunch table like these people sit here these people sit there like you know it's been a different group each time like I'm trying to remember. Like at the end of uh, when we were in there today, like James Harden was like running suicides with like more of the young guys and like the veterans yeah. and everything like that. But then he went back to work out with like uh, Patty Mills and, and Kyrie. So like, yeah, I think everyone's kind of interacted with each other. You know, you have different people working with um, with different coaches in certain corners. But um, I think relatively speaking, everyone's done a decent job of getting to know one another and um, and you know not spend uh, all the time with the same people. Right. Interesting. Um, is it like a, a group that – do they laugh a lot? Are they really serious? Is, is it – what's kind of the – Yeah, I mean, it, definitely from what we've been able to see, you know, there's 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 smiles and jokes and, and, and chop busting, but also, um, you know, again, like they uh, – you know, like you mentioned the Kyle Corbis, so like he was in the corner today working with uh, Bruce Brown on free throws, and uh, like you could just tell like like you were not walking over there. They, they were – they were very serious as to what they were going about. So, um, mm. so uh, I, I think definitely good good mixes of both. The coaching staff sounds like, so I mean, I, it sounds like Jordan Knott's doing the offense, and then um, no, go ahead. Yeah, no. Um, so Stephen essentially said, you know, um, it's very collaborative, obviously, but you know, he wants as a younger coach, um, like a, a point person for each. Um, I don't want to say side of the ball because that's more football, but just, you know, off offense and defense. So, um, yeah. 
so so that if they if they're struggling, he can just go to one of them and say, "What are we getting away from?" So yeah, yeah. he he essentially said, "Jo is is the point man for offense," but that doesn't mean the other assistants have no say in it. Right. And um and Jacques Vaughn, like last year, is a defensive coordinator, but and um and so nothing's changed. Yet. So obviously, you know, Brian Keefe has a defensive background and offensive background. David Vanderpool more defensive, but he's going to tap into those guys for. A little bit of everything, it seems. And it, it you get like a real collaborative vibe. Also, is, is Steve Clifford kind of just around? Is he? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like he's like, um, um, he's kind of been the big picture guy. Like, you know, you don't see him on the court like rebounding for a guy or you know, you know, pulling the guy around the show. Like he's kind of sitting in the middle of the court, you know, in a chair, lean back, just kind of taking notes. You know, calling Steve or someone else over to discuss things with. So, um. He, uh, I think he was a great pickup. I think he's a great coach. Like I think, me too. You know, you covered, um, you covered that Nets Magic playoff series in the bubble, just like, just like I did. I mean, I thought he got a lot out of that team. Like I didn't think that was like a, that team could have easily been like, tenth, eleventh, or lower in the East. And he, I thought he got a lot out of them. And, and some of those guys, um, like Vucevic and and um. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on him now. The guy well, that he made Vooch, he made Vooch look good defensively. Yes, which, yes, he which did. Which is right there. Like, we can start right there. I mean, that the players they had, they've had some good defenders, but, they, you know, A, they run into injuries, like, every year. And they just, like, they always turn out a good product. It was the same thing in Charlotte, too. Like, his guys just play really hard. So I think that's that's something that's good. That's what this, this group needs. Um, you, you don't want them to be taking the foot off the gas, even if it is the regular season. Like, Let's go get sixty-five wins. Like you know, nothing should get in the in, and I guess the way of that. Yeah, yeah. And Steve was very high on having uh, Steve Clifford around. He essentially said, you know, I go back to him with my Laker days, and I've been uh, I've been picking his brain on stuff. You know, long before he ever uh, you know I ever became a head coach. So I uh, everyone kind of knows each other, right? Like you know, David Vanderpool's from Kevin Durant's neck of the woods. Goes back to Oklahoma City with him and Harden. Um, Jacques Vaughn obviously has a ton of in-house knowledge, as does Jordan Knott, and Adam Harrington, who also obviously has his ties to KD and the Thunder with James as well. Um, you know, I no, I don't really think there's a ton of strangers between the coaching staff and the players. That's good. Yeah, I mean, the, there's the the connectiveness of, of this group has always stood out. So, um, oh, here's a good one. I, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, and I'm not sure if we're really going to know this until the team hits a skid where you kind of run into a situation where everybody's, you know, backs are against the wall and you have to figure out how to get out of this. But do you have a feel for who like the leader is, whether it's the vocal leader or the guy that's going to motivate everybody if you have, you know, I mean, it's early, it's training camp, but do you, do you kind of get a sense for who that could be? Yeah, I think it's early for sure. But, um, you know, I think, I think KD James and, and Kyrie for sure, you know, I mean, they—they're the leaders, obviously, the franchise players. You know, they've all done a good job of, um, of um, leading by example and taking, uh, you know, taking some of the younger guys under the wing. I think, um, I think this is a, this is like a niche Nets type of comment, but like, I think that like James Johnson could be this year's Jeff Green from like a nice. leadership perspective. Like, um, like obviously he, um, you know. He probably won't play as much as Jeff just on paper right now, but um, you know he's been around the block. You know Jeff Green was a guy that was speaking up a lot in the locker room, especially after that Detroit loss. You know 
a lot of the young guys, I said James Johnson's been like the guy that's made sure everything's going well for them. You know, taking you know, uh, looking after them. So like, I could kind of see him being someone that like, you know, it just wouldn't stun me if like there there is a tough loss or whatever. And, and Steve's like, yeah, James Johnson had some things to say about that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I mean by that. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, maybe that's too niche or inside baseball. But, a couple like, of judo uh, kicks too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see uh, the Evan uh, Fournier comment to Stefan Bondi? Um. What did he said? I could ki- like kick your ass or something, right? Is that what he yeah, said? Yeah, because he asked like uh, Steph asked him like what like judo belt you got to whatever. He's like, oh, like it was just kind of an on the side thing. Yeah, I could kick your ass though. Like I kind of um had that not happened, I wish I could have asked James Johnson that question because I bet he would have like he's a thoughtful guy. Like he probably would have had some fun with that. Like that would have been cool. Hey, look, you got more days to ask this. Um, speaking of like, what what's the thing like if we're if people are you know there's a, we've gone through a lot already, but is there a thing, a specific story uh, that, that you've had, experience that you've had there that people should come away from or something that's been really memorable for you? Um, It can be I funny. Learned, can be serious. I learned Steve Nash has an Arizona driver's license. Have you had to do the real ID thing? No, I don't even know. There's a couple of states where like they've changed, like New Jersey was one where they had to change the driver's license and um, so that you could fly with like getting like a new one that has like, a little star thing on it that they put underneath the uh, screener thing at the airport. And uh, we were talking about Steve's like I have like an Arizona driver's license. Like mine does my driver's license does expire like at twenty thirty six or whatever. And like uh-huh. someone said like Arizona has like thirty year driver's license or like like they last forever. And uh, that that's like some random little thing I've learned. It's like huh like how about that. Wow, I don't know even when my well, how long does New York last? Probably I have no clue. I've never had to think about this. That's how unprepared I am for this. <laughs> Mine expires in two years, but I think that's the way my I think it's I came back in nineteen. I think it's four or five years. That's nothing. Yeah. Wow, why don't we just do that for everything? Right? Like why if we can make it thirty years. Yeah. Why don't we make it 30 years? I don't think yeah. I'm going to look too different. I mean, I might. I'm, who knows? I don't want to say that yet. <laughs> um, any other funny stories? Um, yeah, license expire on your 65th birthday in Arizona. Wow. Mm. Um, any other stories? Um, trying to think. A lot of the guys played, uh, played Tory Pines. Um, past few days, Bruce Brown's a big golfer, obviously Blake Griffin, Joe Harris is not, um, trying to think who else in the team golfs. There's been that, um, yeah, those, those are the main things off the top of my head in terms of like memorable or funny. I'm trying to think if there's anything, anything else I've missed, but those are the main ones. Pretty good. I mean, I, the, the driver that's underwhelming. One. No, no, it's all right. Yeah. This- this is what we this is what we come for, all right? We come for niche uh <laughs> driver's license contact. Um Yeah. Well, last question I got for you. What's it like actually being in front of these guys, like being around them again? We're not on Zoom, we're not seated in chairs, ma- I mean, masked up still, but what like what's what's that like? <laughs> yeah, so I I had this tweet up earlier, but I I um I misworded it and then Nets PR texted me that I I forgot about Monday apparently, but um Today was the first time Kevin Durant has done a media scrum as a net um, ever. Like, you know, he's had at the podium in front of us in person, media day 2019 and 2021. 
but he's never done a scrum because he's been on. And then to my knowledge, my memory, he did two. Um, he was he was in the locker room pregame twice when we had open locker rooms. Um, my first season, 1920. But I don't um, – he never did a scrum or never really talked. He just, yeah. you know, kind of you know, just made some small talk. So, like, today was the first day that, like, Kevin Durant was, like, you know, you know, up close and personal with, like, Nets reporters. That almost seems impossible, but I guess that makes sense. That is so weird to think about. I mean, he is he kind of the exact same? Did, did he seem more, like, comfortable with it? Yeah, I honestly think everybody's been laid back outside of Zoom. Honestly, I thought Kevin was at ease. You know, we all had a good conversation with him. Um, This is a weird thing to say. You know, you and I are both kind of tall. Like, he's kind of shorter than I expected in person. Like, um, I don't know. You kind of look at me, you look up to Kevin, like, oh, I guess it's not as far of a trip as I thought. But, um, isn't um, he like 6'11? Yeah, but still, like, I don't know. I can't explain it. He's a short (laughs) 6'11? Yeah, I guess so. Um, but um, maybe you grew. Maybe I did. All the Um, Mexican food out there. Um, um, but yeah, so that was like the first, and like Steve's been cool in person. Um, and, um, I'm trying to go, you know, Bruce Brown, um, I think Bruce Brown is taller than he gets credit for, you know, you know, especially in some of those, maybe it's just him playing so much in the paint down low, you know, he's kind of, as we talked about him being undersized. Um, but yeah, like seeing these guys in person compared to zoom, it's definitely been like a bit of a, a adjustment for your brain as to like what you thought they looked like and what they actually look like to, you know, how, how they're built, et cetera. Yeah. And even probably, I mean, I'm assuming like body language and stuff like that. I, I just, you never know. I mean, I was curious to see like, are guys more comfortable doing zoom because they don't have to, you know, like maybe they don't like being in crowds. I don't know. Um, but yeah. it, I, maybe it does feel a little more like you just have a bunch of little virtual screens, like asking you questions and it's just overwhelming that way. Yeah, you know what's kind of reminded me of um, old school Nickelodeon reference. Did you watch Ned's Declassified as a kid? Like a little bit, but this is this is pretty. This is this might be this might be out of my uh, my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm feeling old. Um, there was a well, teacher on you're the pro- show. You're my age, right? I'm 26. I'm a year older than you. That also makes me feel like shit. That's really weird. I thought I've been thinking you were younger. Damn, than I gotta get time. it together, Alex. <laughs> yeah, um, you're 26 at the athletic. Man, yeah. I gotta I gotta pull together. Um, so, um, there was a teacher in like Ned's a classified called I teacher who like, um, it kind of bothers me more that you don't know this now that like, we know the age and everything, but um, I'm a letdown. I know I get it. But, um, there's a, there's a teacher on the show that like teaches from her class, from her home, like, but like is on the computer screen for the class. And like, I feel like we've all been like her this past year, but, uh, but no, I, I think guys have definitely been laid back for, you know, Nick Clax, I have a really good report. You know, obviously I did a big story on him in in March and I went to his parents' house, you know, what feels like years ago was rookie year. Um, it was cool catching up with him in person. I thought he was way better. And he, I mean, again, you're on the zooms with me, like he's media friendly to begin with, but like he, I feel I've definitely felt like laid back. And like it's easier to, to talk to and, and um, pick the brain of, especially for that Corver story. So I feel like a lot of guys have been that way um, so far. Yeah, I remember Clax was like a little bit nervous. Um, maybe I just read it wrong. It's that's a hard part about doing Zoom. Like you just never know. Like you could be just totally reading somebody wrong. But it felt like when we first started interviewing and when he came back from inter- uh, from the injury, like he was just a little timid about it. But I mean, maybe maybe I totally got that wrong. I also had no idea. I had no feel for LaMarcus until, um, I guess, Monday. And, and now I'm like, oh, that's a really laid-back, soft-spoken, um, 
just really like kind of a uh, thoughtful guy. It was, it's kind of, I'm enjoying this part of it. It's really nice to be back. I've got to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, look, I, I want to thank you for joining me. We've, this has been great and I feel connected. I feel like I'm actually out there in San Diego right now. So I want to let you plug away anything you have coming out. I mean, we know about this Joe Sai story. Definitely check out the Kyle Korver story, but anything else you've got coming out or anything you're excited for? Uh, nothing big time that's close for that. You know, obviously the Nets scrimmage, the Lakers on, uh, on Sunday, I'll be up there for that given the proximity and, uh, depending upon how this all shakes out, I plan to, um, you know, I plan to have some kind of, you know, post Lakers story of what we learned, but also like a, uh, you know, all the little things we've kind of talked about today of like a, a post training camp, um, dump of sorts of everything I got. So early next week is probably when I'll have some stuff for sure. But, uh, this Joe Sai thing is like 3,000 words, so there's plenty to get through on that front oh, with him. And then, again, who knows if the extensions come down, um, you know, in the near future. And, uh, and obviously, uh, we, uh, hopefully we have some, uh, some clarity on, uh, on Kyrie's situation in the near future as well. Yeah, that would be nice. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Alex, I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have not already done so, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else where you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.